Hey sis, welcome to Beyond the Military Podcast, where faith-led military women overcome burnout and create more balance. Just imagine having enough time to focus on your faith, family, and have more fun while still serving as a woman leader. In this podcast, you will walk away with the tools to help you navigate the busy life of a military woman, organize your mind, overcome overwhelm, create a prioritization playbook, and a balanced blueprint for integrating faith, family, and career. Yeses in that order. Hi, I'm Wendy Ray, woman of God, wife, mama of two, army veteran, and certified life coach. And I'm here to help you create a life of meaning outside of the military, a life of laughter, joy, and intentional free time. If you are ready to overcome burnout and create balance as a faith-led military woman, sis, this podcast is for you. So loosen up your laces and grab your coffee because it's time to step into freedom and peace. Hello, ladies, and welcome to episode 98, and happy Monday. I am so ready for the week. I hope that you are too. I hope that you are beyond ready to really close out the month of May, as you know, and you're probably going through a very similar season. We are getting ready here for the summer. We went already a lot, um, got done for the month of May, so we're just super excited, feeling good. And really just um, staying hopeful and just praying every single day because there's always something going on, you know, not only within our own personal lives, our family, but also the world. And so I think praying for one another and really taking the time to focus on our mental health, our mental well-being, how do we not only stay focused on what's going on in our minds, but also how can we really identify what we want to keep and continue to think and what we need to get let go or get rid of so or at least ask God to help us manage the thoughts that are coming in and how we can also filter those thoughts as um, he has um, told us and mentioned to us in his word so again this is why I'm here and I am just ready for um, not only to uh, get this week going, but also to close out the month of May and really start focusing on how our summer's going to go. Obviously, you know, we are, we, we're both that to work from home and it is a little easier, but at the same time, there's also things and activities that we want to be able to make sure that our kids not only attend, but also to help us with our mental well-being. If you get what I'm saying here for all my mamas out there. And dads, if you're listening in. (laughs) So today's episode, I wanted to focus really on not necessarily parenting, but really how do we talk to our kids about our mental and emotional health? Like how can we in, you know, or at their level really start to implement these tools um, in a way where it's not, you know, another thing to add to your list? in a way where it's helpful for them and to them so that they can acknowledge, you know, what is going on, not only within their minds, but within, within their emotions or feelings or body. And, you know, a lot of this has come up because my kids are in an age where they understand um, a lot more than I think that they do. They are uh, 10 and seven years old. So and my son's going to be eight here really soon and over the summer, but really um, giving them the the ability to to learn about this. Um, I don't know about you, but 
I grew up in a household where we never talked about our emotions. I mean, and even more so now, you know, I don't really have uh, deep conversations with my parents about, you know, how are we really feeling? Um, we do talk about it. We do. Um, I do ask them, you know, how, how is everything going, you know, emotionally? How are you dealing with this? But at the end of the day, this is something that was not really um, showed to them. Um, they, they didn't learn this through their parents. They didn't learn this at school. And even more so because we are, they are from a third world country, Guatemala, Central America. There was no such thing back in like the 60s, um, not 60s, 70s. My parents are from the 70s. <laughs> Almost forgot here. But yeah, there was nothing really, you know, 70s and 80s that was like encouraging people to talk about their mental health, their mental well-being, their emotions. So now here we are, fast forward 2020 and not 2020, 2022. I really don't know what's going on with my brain. But even more so, right? Like we are not where we would love to be when it comes to talking about our emotions. How do we deal with our mental well-being? Like what is it? What is it that we can that we can do the work, the thought work that we need to do, the time that we need to invest or to set apart um, so that we can then, you know, really reflect on what's going on in our brain. So with that, I wanted to, you know, start off in a way where, you know, I kind of set the the tone of, you know, where I'm coming from, because some of you may not have you know, grade school kids. Some of you may have toddlers or some of you may have teenagers, right? I kind of feel like I'm getting into that teen season. Um, like I mentioned, my daughter's son, but she really seems like she's going, like going on 15. And so these are the conversations that I've had with uh, my daughter more specifically. And then conversations that I'm also having with my son now, because one, you want to be able to understand you know, your kids' personalities, right? Um, I can't talk to my daughter the way I talk to my son because they filter what I'm saying differently in their own minds. And so I have learned, and, you know, thankfully, I, I learned this from my husband because he's kind of like the introvert of the family and not necessarily that I'm the extrovert, but I'm not, I'm like more of the ambivert. I don't know if that's a thing, but I've heard it somewhere. And I'm kind of like in the middle, like I'm not too far into the extrovert side or too far into the introvert. I tend to be a little quiet here and there, but at the same time, I like, I like to voice my opinions and I also am very um, happy to be around people. So <laughs> being around people is not a thing. Um, I mean, it's not a, a bad thing for me. I, I love people. And, you know, growing up as an only child, again, I always made sure that I included myself in a group or be a part of a team. I was always that one person that wanted to just go and be around people. So only for a period of time, though, because then I get really, really um, drained and then I just want to be alone and I just don't want anyone to bother me because I want to be able to have some time to focus on, one, on what I want to do. And so... Again, understanding our kids and not necessarily in a way where, you know, you need to be like the expert in parenting and expert in all personalities and what you need to do with, you know, what personality differently. But what I'm saying here is I know that you know your kids. I know that you know which one's the one that's going to hold information and which one's the one that's going to deliver or over deliver information. And so like that's how I kind of categorize my kids in a way where 
you know, I know that after school, my daughter's going to give me everything that happened, every single detail. She's not going to miss a detail. My son, he's only going to give me a sentence on what the highlight is, a very high level, no details whatsoever, and really just a so what. And so I can't, you know, expect him to give me a 10-minute story when all he's going to give me is a 30-second blurb, if that. And so, again, understanding our kids is very important here, but also then giving them this um, also um, this platform or even not necessarily a platform, but for them to be able to use their own voice to describe to us how they're feeling. Because when they tell us how they're feeling, based on whatever the circumstance may be, we can then kind of understand what may be going through their minds, right? Because we know that obviously if it's a negative emotion, they're thinking neg negative thoughts or thinking possibly, you know, about the worst case scenario, or maybe um, they are thinking something that um, may be um, very important to them. And now they're feeling disappointed or discouraged, whatever that may be. And so the same thing, if it's the um, vice versa, right? If they're really excited about something, you're like, okay, they're really passionate about this, or they really enjoy math. They really enjoy reading, whatever it may be, or, you know, um, they love hanging around, you know, these um, classmates, and this is what they were talking about. So you kind of understand what's going on in their minds, and at the same time, identifying really um, that they're okay, or it's okay that they are feeling that, that certain way. And so today I want to go over like the three reasons that I pretty much came up with on why we really need to start talking to our kids about our mental and, and emotional well-being, our mental health, because it also gives them and it gives you an opportunity for us to be human. And that's really what it boils down to. But I'll give you the reasons on, you know, kind of like how I've been looking at this because there isn't a right age or right way to talk to them about mental health, right? Like. I don't want you thinking that, okay, if you suffer with anxiety, like that's going to be the first sentence that comes out of your mouth. Like, hey, let's talk about anxiety. Kids are going to be like, what? <laughs> where did this come from? But what I'm saying here is to do it in a way where it's very, um, I don't even know if I want to say natural, but very just kind of like authentic in a way where how you talk to your kids or how you interact with your kids, the relationship that you have with your kids. And so... The three reasons, again, are based off of conversations that I've had with my children before. And even, you know, where I, I become really curious. I become really curious on how possibly they're feeling based on, you know, their actions. So, again, this is another great reason why I love the coaching model. Because I know when they are acting in a, a different way, where it seems as if they are reacting or resisting something, I then kind of like take them up the model without them even knowing the coaching model. If you have no idea what I'm talking about of, you know, what the coaching model is, highly recommend that you go to um, episode 90 where I talk about intentional thinking uh, and using the coaching model. So I kind of explain to you what the coaching model is and how we can kind of identify what we're thinking unintentionally and focus on the intentional thinking that you want. So go back to episode 90 um, after this episode. So again, identifying, you know, their actions or how they look, you know, based on, I mean, how they're feeling based on how they're, how they're um, um, looking. Because you, you can tell when someone's not, you know, in their, in their normal 
you know, behavior, with their normal behavior or emotions. And so then I ask those questions, right? So instead of directly asking like, oh, how are you feeling? If they are like yelling, if my son's yelling at my, at, at um, my daughter, I'm not going to say, hey, how are you feeling? <laughs> I usually say like, um, you know, if most of the time he's like, you know, um, when he reacts, he, he yells and I think he gets that for me, obviously. Um, <laughs> please just love me. And so then I just ask, hey, what's, what's going on? You know, like, what happened? And then, you know, obviously it's going to be the whole little minor back and forth. Oh, she, you know, didn't do this or whatever it may be. And I'm just, I just stay curious. I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's just, you know, um, talk to her like you want to be talked to and just let her know that's all you have to do. And then if he continues and there's like another but and it just continues, continues, I just let him kind of express himself, express himself in a way where he's telling me all the problems like this. And then it's also this and it's also this. And then eventually he will stop. And so then when he stops, I'm like, OK, well, Jacqueline, you know, let's kind of give him his space and, you know, kind of let him kind of um, deal with how he's feeling because he's a little angry now and then um I kind of pull him to the side I'm like hey can I talk to you for a moment and you know go to our like comfortable area it could be you know the couch it could be the the uh, kitchen it could be my office and I'm like what's going on like what what really is it you know you mentioned this you mentioned that and then eventually you know after like a couple of minutes with him it's always quicker because again he gets right to the point and he's just like, well, this is what happened at school. And I'm still bothered. And I don't understand. And all of these things. So then I just, you know, obviously I don't write anything down in front of him or show him on my board or anything like that. But I'm like, okay, I understand. I completely get it. And, you know, you're just feeling frustrated. And, you know, that's something that's completely normal based on what you're explaining to me. Because immediately I know that you're thinking X, Y, Z, you know, this isn't fair or based on what he told me, I'll repeat what he says. And then he'll say, yeah, like, I, it's just very frustrating. And I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. Like, I get frustrated too. Daddy gets frustrated. Your sister gets frustrated. A lot of adults get frustrated. But now we want to be able to, you know, express ourselves and allow the frustration in a way where you're not showing it to other people around you, especially the people that you love in a way where it's not helpful. And so in, in, in that sense, you know, they kind of like, wait a minute, you, you're telling me that it's okay to be frustrated, but at the same time, like, how do I do that? So then one of the times I remember he was so adorable with this, he's like, um, well, then how do I do this in school? Because, you know, when I'm in school, I just kind of feel like I can't go anywhere alone. I have to be, you know, I have to ask my teacher to go to the bathroom. I have to, um, you know, just be in my classroom. And I'm like, that's a really good question. I'm like, that that's a really great question. Thank you for asking me that. And, you know, this is what I can recommend. Again, I don't know how your class and, you know, your environment will be, and it's always going to be tricky. But one thing you can do is just acknowledge that you're frustrated and just say, okay, yep, I'm frustrated. And, you know, you want to deal with it in a way where it's respectful still to others and you not being, you know, necessarily um, yelling or being mean or anything like that or saying things that you don't mean and so he's like oh okay I get it so I kind of like just don't really um, tell anyone I don't have to tell anyone but I can just kind of like tell myself that 
I'm frustrated. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's all you have to do. Like, all you have to do. And then later, um, you know, maybe you do go to the bathroom or whatever it may be. Or, um, you know, you're with your friends. You can talk to them about it. Maybe that's something that you want to mention. Or maybe you can even tell your teacher that based on, you know, this disagreement or this situation, that's how you're feeling. But you just wanted to let her know or something of that sort. And so he's just kind of like, okay, well. I guess. And then he'll like run off and go do his normal routine of going to the playroom and all this other stuff. So again, like those moments, you know, they're like really authentic to me. Like I don't have to think about, oh my gosh, like I need to write this down. Like who did, why would they say this to you? And you know, all these things like kind of like um, um, making him feel like he was a victim. I don't like doing that. Because then it just feels as it, or for them, it feels like, you know, they, um, they don't see that they actually felt the frustration based on their thinking. So again, that's my way of how I, um, you know, listen and kind of encourage them to just stay focused on their emotion and what went through their mind. Not on what the, not on the actual circumstance itself, but really just letting him know or letting my kids know that I understand that they got frustrated because they thought it wasn't fair. Because they thought that, you know, based on this thought that they had or the situation, this thought came up. And so, again, that's just the way I talk to them. And again, they are soon to be eight and 10. And so for me, it's a lot easier. If you have a four-year-old and a three-year-old, it's not going to be as easy. Um, but again, it's not still like the easiest journey. But it's very um, helpful to them in a sense where it's okay for them to come to you tomorrow and tell you what they're thinking, like what, how they're feeling. And again, you can notice it based on their reactions. And so now I want to give you the three reasons um, to help you kind of not necessarily doing it my way, but doing it in a way that works for you, especially if, you know, you only get to see your kids for a certain amount of hours. Like I know you know, the whole long hours at work. I know the entire, um, you know, how you only have a little bit of time to be with them. And maybe this isn't something that you want to do with them based on the one hour or two hours that you have with them. Besides, you know, making sure that they have their homework ready, um, stuff ready for the next day, so on and so forth, because it's tough, especially if you're a single mama out there. I get it. Like, it's going to be hard. I don't want to say that I know exactly what you go through, but as a dual military couple, I have experienced, you know, being alone with toddlers and not knowing really how to handle any situation based on the time that I did have with them. And so again, it's okay if you don't, you haven't done this already. It's okay if you're like, I don't know where to begin because I didn't know where to begin. And I'm a coach and I've done a lot of mental work, not only on myself, but also with clients. And not only that, but I've received a lot of help um, from medical professionals on, you know, my depression, my anxiety and how I deal with my my anger management or how I dealt with it. Because I used to, you know, hold on to this like anger for no reason. I used to hold on to this um this frustration, this stress. And so, again, being able to do this, not only within your own 
um, you know, mental and emotional well-being, but also sharing it with your kids is literally a just it, it just changed everything for me. Like I love that I can talk to them about this. I can tell them that right now I just need some time, a little frustrated, or I'm just a little overwhelmed. And they understand they're like, oh, okay, let me just close her door real quickly. And it's just it is just so much um better in a in a sense too where they know that they have a safe space. They have a safe space to tell us, hey, I'm just not feeling it right now. Like I want to do my homework, but I'm just really anxious about my test tomorrow. And so, you know, those comments and that feedback that I get really help me understand what they're going through because we sometimes think like, oh, you don't have anything to worry about. Like you don't have bills to pay. You don't have to show up to work and BT and all this other thing, you know, things going on and you don't have to worry about your career and you don't have to worry about any of that besides school and, you know, play and very small minor chores. But at the end of the day, we have to remember that they are little kids, that they're humans evolving as well. They're like tiny humans trying to figure themselves out as well. And they're trying to get past every single class or every single struggle that they're facing, right? I mean, let's face it, middle school for me was was tough in a way where I just didn't know. I didn't know anything about what was happening. People were cool. I didn't feel cool. And all these things that were, you know, just kind of like happening. Everyone had older siblings and I was just like, oh, it's just me. And again, it it gets hard. And I think especially now where kids have so much access to everything. I mean, so much access and they are able to, you know, get on TikTok and get on social media, get on YouTube, get on, you know, all these other games that they play, Roblox. Um, I can't even remember the rest, but I'm pretty sure y'all know what I'm talking about here. And there's just so much that they have access to in a way where, um, you know, yes, most of the time we do have a lot of, um, control of what they watch and what they don't watch but really what happens at school or the things that they experience that they listen to and that you know other behaviors that they're um kind of catching on from you know that we can't control it and so again giving them the safe space and allowing them to understand that hey we're going to have emotions and 50 percent of the time it's going to be negative and the other 50 is going to be positive it helps them understand at the lowest level that it's okay and so reason number one is it helps them identify emotions I didn't know anything about emotions until I was like in my 20s like I knew what when I felt sad I knew when I felt really happy when I was excited I knew nothing about anxiety I knew nothing about stress until like later 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 in my 20s I knew nothing about why I was resisting certain emotions I knew nothing about you know what the difference was um, when it came to um, the the entire um, feeling within my body so one it helps them identify emotions and then you want to be able to um, help them understand that in a way where there's no like right answer or there's no wrong answer on how they're feeling and so the way I do this, again, I don't really ask them like, oh, how are you feeling? I do, but not when I know that they're kind of like in a neg- going into like a negative spiral. And so I always ask them with, you know, what's going on? 
Like what can, you know, what can you share with me or what do you want to share with me based on what you're doing, right? Like why did you have to yell? Why did you throw that toy across the room? Like why did you have the need to, you know, say this um, sentence to your sister, whatever it may be? And then they're like, because, and then, you know, all these other things, right? So then you can help them. Well, maybe are you feeling um, frustrated? Are you feeling anxious? Like, what is it? And so then, of course, my son's going to be like, I don't know what anxious is. And he'll want me to explain more. But, you know, asking, um, I mean, telling them, um, sharing with them what the possible emotion may be, negative emotion. And so then the next thing or the next reason um, for for you to really talk to your kids um, about their emotions and, and their mental well-being is because you want to emphasize to them that nothing's gone wrong. There's nothing wrong with them. It's a part of being a human. It's a part of the human experience. And trust me when I tell you, they are going to feel so much relief. At least that's what my daughter told me. She's like, thank you for telling me that it's okay that I'm sad right now. Thank you for telling me that you also feel this way or you also felt this way when you had to take tests. Like she has a lot. I mean, they both have a lot of stuff uh, about how they, how I show up or how I showed up when I was little. I mean, obviously they're my kids, but I used to hate taking tests and my daughter is the same way, especially math tests. And I told her, I'm like, I cried one time. I remember crying. I think it was like third or fourth grade. And I just didn't want to take a test. I just felt so, I, I didn't know this at the time, but I'm pretty sure I felt overwhelmed and I felt like I was going to fail and I didn't want to fail. And so, of course, I talked to my daughter about that. I'm like, listen, the reason you are anxious is because you ha you're thinking um, a lot about how this test is going um, to what the outcome of this test is going to be. And so then she's like, yeah, I just, I just think that I'm not going to do well. And so I don't want to not do well. I want to do, I want to do okay. Like I want to pass. I'm like, I get it. Like I never was like an A student for math, but I want you to also know that regardless of what score you get, you will get better. Because that's the goal, really, to get better and to, one, do your best, to get better, and three, to learn from it. And so then she's like, okay, well, I still kind of don't want to take the test, but I still, I think I can do better than last time. And so based on her track record, too, you know, she wasn't doing so well. And I'm like, listen, just do your best. And it's okay for you to feel a little anxious. I'm like, I feel a little anxious when I have to take tests still. Like, if there's a a little assessment that I need to take for work or just anything that I'm challenging myself with, I get a little anxious even now. So it's not never going to go away. You just have to learn how to deal with it. And so, you know, we talk about that or jealousy. We've talked about jealousy too when it comes to her friends. She's like, I don't know why I feel like, like I'm jealous. And she didn't want to tell me. I'm like, well, what would you, what would you think the emotion would be? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, let's, you know, kind of start somewhere maybe you're a little upset she's like no I'm not upset I'm just and then she finally told me she's like I just feel jealous I feel jealous that she's not gonna be my, I'm not gonna be her best friend anymore and so we talked about that and I mean being that she loves to listen to what I have to say about emotions it's so it's so much easier with my son I only have about 30 seconds to tell him what I need to tell him before I lose him and so again 
really knowing your kids on how much attention you're going to get out of them for uh, how long and how interested they're going to be. That's really up to your child. But also, <laughs> I think in my own, um, this is my own opinion here, I think it's our responsibility as parents to really get to know our kids, how we can talk to them, how they respond. And again, we can't control how they respond or if they react to something, but we can still, you know, take um, kind of like what they give us and work with what what we have pretty much. And so again, reason number one, you help them identify their emotions. Reason number two, you help them understand that nothing's gone wrong. There's nothing wrong with them. And that these emotions, positive and negative, will come up all the time, no matter what. And reason number three, it helps them to actually allow their emotion, which is the most important reason. With my daughter specifically, we've, we always talk about how, you know, we, she goes from zero to 100 really quickly. And by that, I mean, like, she gets really passionate about her beliefs. If I tell her that the sky is yellow, she's like, no, the sky is blue. And I am going to tell you why. And she may even raise her voice a little bit because she gets that from me too. She's like, no, 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 let me tell you. Like, and she gets so excited. And so in a way, you know, I, I tell her, you know, I get it. Like you want to express yourself. And that is exactly what I want you to do. And I offer you to do all the time. But I also want you to just allow it to be there, especially if you know you're getting angry. If you feel like that anger like for her, she described it to me. Her voice gets louder and louder and she feels like she can't stop talking. I was like, well, maybe that's a moment where you just need to take a deep breath and just allow it to be in your body. Just allow this excitement or this um, madness kind of just be there without saying something that you don't mean later. So again, keep it in mind that yes, allow the emotion and yes, allow yourself to be honest with yourself and even with others. You can tell them, hey, right now I'm just getting a little upset and I'm just going to walk away. Or you, you can simply just walk away and separate yourself from that situation because she's, she's been in those moments at school. And, you know, that's another, another reason why um, you helping them identify their emotion, letting them know that nothing's gone wrong. And help them allow them. It helps them with, you know, obviously their testing, with relationships, um, with any conflict that they have, you know, at school or that they are a part of in school. Because as you may remember, you know, we are nosy. We are nosy humans. Whatever is happening within our vicinity, we want to know. We're like, oh, what's happening over there? And then somehow you get tied up into that conversation because you had an opinion. And again, based on how your kids are, right? Like, again, my daughter, she likes to speak her mind and she loves to stand up for others. So, again, allowing them to know and identify their emotions, letting them know that nothing's gone wrong and allowing them or helping them allow their emotion will help them reciprocate that with others around them. It will help them when it comes time to take a test. It will help them with their friendships with their relationships with their teacher, right? Knowing that what their teacher says to them or the teacher at, the, at that moment is not saying anything or um, that is based on you taking something personal, right? So, you know, the sentences that come out of their mouths is based on that circumstance. I mean, I'm sorry. The circumstance is the sentence that comes out of their mouths. 
what you think about that is totally completely up to you but at the same time understanding that that's where your emotion is coming from from your thinking not from what the words that come out of their mouths or what they said to you same thing with another kid if someone tells you you're ugly you your thoughts about what that person said about that sentence is what's creating this you know um disappointment or you know this feeling of um just not uh feeling insecure or whatever maybe and so again that helps them kind of identify okay how am i going to you know what am i going to make out of this and again my daughter is i consider her very mature my son he's slowly getting there but it's going to depend on you know the age that your kids are so i don't expect you talking to your kids about you know deep um coaching model stuff and you know letting them know hey nothing's gone wrong at age three they're not they're gonna be like what okay whatever but again as they're growing and you can still you know talk to them about how they're feeling when they're little like okay how are you feeling tell me how you're feeling and they're gonna learn you know okay i'm not feeling so positive right now i'm not happy clearly i'm throwing a tantrum and you know that obviously but as they get older they will still throw tantrums trust me in a different way not in a way where you know when they're little and you know they do all this crying and all this other stuff but they do it differently in a way where they're probably you know being mean to their sibling or they're being snappy with you they are just not in a good mood and you can you can tell so instead of us you know being mad at them for responding reacting this way we can then kind of like, you know, get to their level and be like, okay, what's, what's happening? Are you okay? Like, is there something that you want to talk about? Because we, we do the same thing. We do the exact same thing they do at a different level in a different way. And so I want to offer you today to really take a moment and, you know, go through these three reasons, you know, on why you should start talking to them about, you know, how they're feeling know what's going on in their mind like what's happening hey you know I get anxiety and I just wanted to share that with you because you know um it's something that I struggled when I was 13 and I didn't know it at the time you know whatever it may look like because there's a lot of teenagers out here that struggle with anxiety and a lot of that comes from you know the other kids around them that are you know um reacting as well right like they are reacting and they're saying things that they don't mean, things that are not so nice. And so the kids get stressed out, then they get anxious. Or we sometimes don't understand that their personalities are a lot different, right? Like, I don't expect my son to be a great presenter or, you know, be super excited to present like my daughter. Like my daughter, when it comes to projects, she's like, oh, I cannot wait to do this. And I know I'm going to do really well because she's so good to, you know, do presentations. My son, he's not the most excited human when he has to do presentations. He's like, why do I have to do this? Why can't I just write it down? <laughs> why can't I just give it to my teacher, right? So kind of getting down to their level and understanding that, hey, it's okay to get nervous. It's okay to feel disappointed when someone that you really get along with says something negative or says something and you you know, immediately start thinking things that may not be what they meant, or maybe they are. But again, 
letting them know that this is a part of being a human. And as we grow up and get older, we're just going to have to know how to deal with these emotions. And again, based on where they are, meet them where they are, regardless of how old they are. I think that the earlier you can talk to them about, you know, what you've dealt with, how you've dealt with it, what you've experienced will help them in their own way when they are in these situations. Because there's always something happening within their friends, within their class groups, within their project groups. And, you know, unfortunately, it's not going to get better. So I want to offer you today to, you know, talk to your kids about this and, you know, be okay with um, telling them how you feel, the negative emotions, right? Yeah, sometimes I get mad at daddy. Yeah, sometimes I get mad at, you know, my boss. Yeah, sometimes I don't want to do these things. I just don't feel motivated. I mean, my daughter doesn't like to go to certain electives. And I'm just like, listen, I get it. I sometimes don't want to go to this meeting either. But I will say that afterwards, I kind of feel relieved because maybe I learned something or maybe there was something that was, you know, needed for me to um, figure out about what I'm working on or what I needed to hear. Or maybe, you know, I um, was able to meet a new friend, whatever it may be. And so again, being able to do that in a way where it's authentic, where you know them, you know how to talk to them is really going to be helpful when there are moments that they just need to talk to somebody. They just need to express themselves to somebody and it can't be their friends. It can't be their teachers. It can't be their grandma. It can't be their aunt. It can't be, you know, your best friend. Sometimes it just has to be you. And you're like, well, how do I deal with this? What's the next step? And so that's, um, you know, something that I offer you to really, you know, be okay not doing it perfectly. <laughs> be okay with figuring it out. There's no right way to raise your kids. There's no right way to um, show them how to deal with their emotions. It really just begins with you starting that conversation and you really taking initiative in expressing yourself when you're tired, when you're like, oh, I'm exhausted. I just need a break. Or, okay, right now I have a lot going on. I have this large to-do list and I just need a moment. They will appreciate that. Trust me. Because now they can see that you are human and that you're not this perfect mom, this perfect dad. And now they can come to you and be like, okay, I know my mom's been overwhelmed and she doesn't like going to these meetings on these certain days. So I'm going to let her know that I just don't want to take this test either. There's something that I can talk to her about that she gets. And so again, being able to do that, coming to their level, getting to their level, to their language, speaking their language, and really interacting with them, I promise you it's going to change so much when it comes to, you know, how they deal with their emotions at home and how they express themselves. And, you know, what they're doing at home is also going to reflect at school. So again, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. There's no such thing as a perfect mom. There's no such thing as just feeling happy and feeling good all the time and just positive, positive, no such thing. So I want to offer you to take a moment and share this with your kids, regardless of how old they are. If they're teenagers and they're 17s, 18s, still talk to them about this. Trust me, they need it even more. If they're just two and three, hey, just start telling them how they're feeling based on how you see them feeling. Okay, you're feeling sad. 
okay, you're not happy. Clearly you're a little upset and they will start to understand as they continue to grow. All right, ladies, I hope that this really has blessed you and really will help you not only talk to your kids about this, but also maybe even with your spouse and how they can start also incorporating these tips and, you know, why it's so important for us to do that. All right. Have a beautiful rest of your week.